Welcome to TTP Turnbuckle Talk Podcast. You're listening to Keeman Cooper and John Dugan. This podcast is sponsored by Dirty Blondes. Dirty Blondes is a bar located in the heart of Blackpool, famous for their banging tunes, cocktails and 18-inch pizzas. The only place to get a pizza as big as your table across the Foud Coast. If you're ever in Blackpool, check them out. They're on Facebook and on Instagram. That's Dirty Blondes, Blackpool. Let's talk wrestling. Welcome to TTP, Turnbuckle Talk Podcast. Welcome to TTP, Turnbuckle Talk Podcast. You're joined with Kieran Cooper and John Dugan, and today we've got a special guest, Chris Hodkin. Hi guys, how are we doing? <laughs> Hello, so... You right? um, um, Chris, uh, just tell people a little bit about yourself. I know you have a bit of a basketball background, um, and me and John don't know particularly that much about basketball, so just, just tell us kind of your background and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so my, my background in my background is sports. Um, before I before I uh, started watching wrestling and getting into wrestling, I've always been uh, I've always been into basketball. Uh, when I was in when I was in high school, I started playing football, uh, and I was probably the worst football player you've ever seen in your life. I, I tried out for the team probably for about two years straight from year seven, year eight, and never made the team ever. I was always the goalkeeper because I was always out of shape and I didn't like running, so probably explains a lot there. And then as I started to get a bit older, I kind of found basketball and. Uh, once I found basketball, it just kind of stuck with me, and I'm getting in, getting in really good shape from doing that. And I played that. I've been playing that now for the past 14, 29 or 14 years. I've been playing it. Um, I played it all over, played it all over the UK. I've travelled to Italy, travelled to Italy. Um, but I coach Americans every summer that come across to the UK. Uh, I coach basketball camps every summer. Uh, I played, uh, I played in the England's national league, and I played in the pro league in England, which is the British Basketball League. In 2015, 2016, I played for the Manchester Giants uh, in the British Basketball League. Um, when I've been in National League, I've won National League Division Three, uh, the National Shield, things like that. So, I've always been quite a sporty person, to be honest. And obviously, at the moment with lockdown, I probably this is the longest time I've gone without playing basketball. Probably about almost the almost. Uh, I think my last competitive fixture I played in was January. The last competitive fixture I played in was in January. So, obviously, longest time I've gone without uh, touching the basketball or really doing any sports. Yeah, wow. Uh, so you've done quite a lot then. Yeah, yeah. I've been around. For, I've been around for a while, and then obviously, as I've as I've got older, and uh, as I've got older, and then in my late teenage years, in my early twenties, I kind of tried other different sports. I played American football in uh, the British National League for a bit in American football. Played the Lancashire Wolverines there um, in the Premiership, and I've uh, I've tried. Like I said, I was I've tried football. I came back to football a little later, just kind of recreationally, and I was a bit better than when I was younger, mainly because I was in shape more than anything. And I could uh, I could actually run this time, so it wasn't so bad. But yeah, and then uh, other than other than when I was uh, other than when I was younger and I was uh, filming wrestling videos in my back garden, that's probably about as much uh, as much sport as I've got into. Well, it's weird because since meeting you, I didn't know how big the actual English basketball scene was. Yeah, yeah, it's it's growing, it's growing, especially especially this year. It's got quite a lot more funding behind it, and um, and it's always been kind of like a a second. It's always been kind of like a a second or third tier within Europe because obviously Spain's really good basketball. You've got uh, Spanish basketball, Italian basketball, they're all at the top leagues and things like that. And then also you go as far out and you've got Turkey and you've got Turkey and Israel, they've got big basketball leagues. And 
we don't you very rarely get many people that play within the British basketball league. So I was when I when I made the team, I was at the very bottom of the bench, I scraped my way onto the roster sort of thing. And like we can only have in the British basketball league you can only have four Americans on your squad. You can only have four American players on your squad, you're not allowed anymore. The rest has got to be European or British. So it's it's grown over these last over these last couple of years, there's been more money put into it and I think there's now for purpose-built basketball facilities because obviously the teams don't have purpose-built venues they play out of universities most of them but yeah. uh, Leicester Riders is probably the biggest British team at the moment they're the oldest British team they've got their purpose-built facility so does Newcastle Eagles they've got theirs and Manchester Giants are getting theirs built soon as well so there's going to be four or five purpose-built basketball facilities in the UK now so it's starting to get a bit bigger yeah Does it get shown on TV quite a lot or is it quite hard to so that's see? Always been one of the, yeah that's been one of their challenges, to be honest. One of their challenges has been finding TV deals and sponsorships. In the 90s, it was huge. It was on TV all the time. It was on Sky Sports. Mm. Uh, Manchester Giants played out the MEN, and they sold out the MEN. And now, a lot of British basketball struggles at the moment to sell out 4,000, 5,000 seats. But it used to sell out the MEN and stuff. So, But um, last season, there was some games on BT, the BBC Sport on the red button. And then there was also a couple of games that were featured on Sky Sports. And now Sky Sports have kind of picked up a little more. You'll see it more on Sky Sports News and stuff. Uh, and it'll mm. air like the um, the cup finals and stuff like that more, more than regular season but it's always been like a battle to be honest over the last five to six years of trying to get these TV deals and when they do get them it's on the red button or so and so hopefully hopefully now with the league picking up and you know, more money being put behind it they'll be able to get some more Yeah I remember when I was younger like basketball was it seemed to be quite popular over here like you said in the 90s but what yeah. do you think caused that to dwindle down a bit then? Cause it used to be. Did you, I'm, I remember watching it on TV, like normal TV. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be shown as much. To be honest, I think no, it doesn't. I think to be honest, a lot more things that goes on with it going on to. Obviously, in the nineties, there wasn't so much of Sky Digital, pay per view, sports, extra packages, things like that. You had a lot less channels, and obviously, you try and get more content throughout those channels to try and fight up through the channels. But now there's so many channels and. There's so many sports that are shown on TV that, that they take the ratings from it. So if you were to put basketball on at the same time. So, for example, there was, a, there was basketball fixtures on on Saturdays and Sundays and Friday nights. But Saturdays and Sundays, you've got the Premier League, you've got all the football leagues. You put it on, it's just not going to compete with any of those. Yeah. So I think that's why uh, channels are kind of reluctant to pick them up at the moment because the, they're just not going to pick up the viewership competing against the other sports that are being able to be shown. Now, as a basketball basketball fan and a wrestling fan when you do your coaching or you're playing do you ever kind of have any wrestling songs as an entrance or do you ever get wrestling into basketball uh, into, into a little into a little way so a lot of it comes a lot of it i've got a lot of friends that i play with so i played for uh, the last two two three seasons ago we started blackpool's national league team which was the first time blackpool had a national league team in basketball since i think it was the early 2000s and um, we travelled all the way through really well. We finished joint second in uh, Division 4, which is a division that you automatically join when you come in. And we finished joint second there. And we travelled all across the UK to Huddersfield, York, and different places like this. And there's quite a few people on there which were wrestling fans as well. So obviously, trash talk would come out all the time uh, in forms of wrestling and different <laughs> things like that. So maybe um, <clears throat> it'd be like um, someone had turned to me, for example, and my friends had turned to me and says, Oh, do you think it'd be better to run this play? And then it'd be, Doesn't matter what you think out of nowhere, sort of thing. <laughs> so it, it gets kind of a lot, a lot of trash talk coming through there. And then obviously, with like pre game warm ups, everybody has their own headphones and different, different songs and things like that. But yeah, there's always a few of the entrance teams that make it into my pre game warm ups. Yeah. And growing up, who, who kind of was your you know, favorite wrestler growing up? Who stuck out? So I didn't, I didn't really find wrestling until, I didn't really find wrestling until maybe, I think, 2004 I'm going to say is when I started watching it really 
Um, mainly because I, when I was younger, like I said, I was into a lot of sports, but one of my friends was up the street, his name was Adam, and uh, he was like one of the first guys on our street to have a PlayStation 2, right? So we had a PlayStation 2, and he had he had um, SmackDown, Shut Your Mouth, and Just Bring It, and, those, and he had those games. And I never used to kind of understand that. I used to go around, and he'd be playing them, and he was into wrestling sort of thing. And then like, I, start, I, just, I started playing with him with him one day, and playing these games, and I just really got into these games, started enjoying these games. Well, I'd never seen it on TV. Like, I'd never seen it on TV. I think it was on, could have been Sky One at this point. It could have been when it was on Sky One in 2004. And it just so yeah. happened, I was, at my dad's, I was at my dad's, we had the PlayStation, and we were playing on Just Bring It. I think it was Just Bring It or Shut Your Mouth or whatever. And then it, we were flicking through the channels, and then I recognised one of the wrestlers. I think it was Tajiri. I recognised Tajiri, one of the wrestlers. And it was, it was on Sky One, and it was raw. We just started watching it. And ever since then, I carried on trying to kind of pick it up and follow it through from there. I think the first first kind of like pay-per-view area era that I kind of watched was kind of Taboo Tuesday 2004 I think that might have been my first pay-per-view that I actually watched the day after it was on so obviously I was at school so I didn't stay up and watch it or anything and I, I don't even think I had the channel on that to watch it I had to get it off my uncle who recorded it onto a VHS for me and then he gave it to me and that's how I got all my pay-per-views so kind of my first one that I kind of got into was around Taboo Tuesday 2004 and then Survivor Series 2004 from then on and yeah that's kind of when I kind of got into it but I was always, when I first got into it in 2004, it was kind of like, you had, I think Evolution was kind of quite big then. And I was really, I was always really into Ric Flair. Really, I just loved Ric Flair on a microphone and it just stood out to me. Like, I didn't know anything about wrestling. I didn't really know as much as I do now or anything like that. But Ric Flair on a mic, I just, I just loved him when he used to speak on the mic and just the, like, the energy that he has. Uh, when, I'm, when I play basketball and things like that, even when I coach, I'm a very energetic and passionate person. And I think it just kind of, I kind of probably reflected that in Ric Flair when I saw it and he was just so he was just so loud and over the top and he had to be noticed and Kieran who knows me knows that I'm extremely loud and a lot of the time I like to be the centre of attention sort of thing so it's kind of like I think I kind of associated with that so yeah Ric Flair was a really big uh, probably one of my big favourites when I first got into it in the uh, in the early 2000s yeah I quite, I'm a big fan of Ric Flair as well I think he's um, he's he's one of the few wrestlers that actually lives that gimmick like he what you see on TV is probably what he's like in real life, and he's quite, yeah. like you said, he's quite loud. And he, he never stumbles or drops no. his gimmick at all, which I always think is quite good. No, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's, always, what, that's what makes He's always had white hair. Yeah. I've never seen him with any of her colour. He's always looks old. Oh, yeah, when you see, I like, clips of him from... Left. Sorry, go on. No, it always makes me laugh because, like you say, he's always got white hair, and usually as people get older, they get white hair. But he started off with white hair when he was younger, and then he's just got white hair and he's got older. Like my grand, she's got white hair, but she started off with blonde hair, and now she's got white hair, and it's just, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> um, so another thing as well, we said about Taboo Tuesday. I think it's mad that like that isn't no longer an event, especially now, because when it was Taboo Tuesday. You had to like text in, didn't you? And it, your phone yeah. wasn't really a big thing. Now social media is everything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they don't bring it back. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like with a Twitter poll, if you had a Twitter poll, that yeah. you put up or something like that, you, you get the results super quick, don't you? You could even set them up going on the pre-show, and then mm. by the first, you know, the first couple of matches before the before the show even kicks off. But yeah, I really, I really love those. Even when it changed to because it was Tuesday Tuesday, oh four and oh five, and then it changed to Cyber Sunday because they moved it to a Sunday, didn't they? Yeah. But yeah. Mm. The, I think I remember, yeah, because you like you said, you have to text in, but then also like if you, I think that was the early state. Like you had the, if you had the internet, you had to connect to your internet, but you couldn't use your phone and go online to the old website and vote for one of them. You know what I mean, it was such a massive yeah. effort to do. Uh, what I like about them as well is um, like 
it really wasn't scripted so whatever was voted for was what they actually put in the show like they didn't just get people yeah. to vote but still chose what they wanted so it was always like you could get a real surprise from who was actually on the card which you did i think it was quite yeah. a few surprises well, in there wasn't for me getting into wrestling at that time as well obviously that kind of reinforced the fact of how it was kind of uh it wasn't for me it wasn't as as like um as fixed as it is you know what i mean or as people pre uh, predetermined you couldn't tell that then because when i got into it around then the first thing i saw was probably tuesday 2004 so people were trying to tell, tell me oh they've already like all the winners they've already picked the winners i'm like how can you already pick the winners when they don't know who's in the match because mm. that was obviously the first yeah. interview that i've seen so i was it was kind of like reinforcement to me that it was you know what i mean so it was, yeah, it was, it was probably, it was probably a, a good pay-per-view for me, for me to start with, to be honest. Kind of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was kind of like one of them, one of them small ones. John, I think it's... Was that I remember. Yeah. I think mine was Royal Rumble. Um, that I watched live. Yeah, um, yeah it was Royal Rumble because it was shown on Channel 4. And uh, yeah, it's the one with um, The Rock won it. Um, and I just remember, because I remember the build-up with like Cactus Jack and against Triple H in the street fight and I, again, I was just starting to watch it again and I, when they were saying street fight, I thought they were going to be like on the street fighting. I didn't realise what a street fight was. So <laughs> I was expecting them to be like fighting in New York, going around all New York and fighting, but obviously it's just like a hardcore match. But um, yeah, I watched that and ever since then I was like pretty hooked with it. My was 99 Royal Rumble. That's my that's when I watched that. Yeah, so 99, you're probably so that, like I say, I got into it probably about five years after you, then, do you know what I mean? So, you, yeah, yeah, it's because I had older brothers. My older brothers used to watch it, and then just every Saturday it was just it was just on SmackDown, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just got used to it well, I think it's yeah, it was, it was like you said, like, like you were saying, John, like you watched it on Channel 4. I think that's how easily accessible it was to find it. Do you know what I mean? yeah. Imagine a Royal Rumble being on Channel 4 now. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah. It's just... The mad thing, it was live until the adverts. Mm. So then the adverts, they would, it would be like 15 minutes Fine. delayed until the next adverts would be half an hour delayed. Yeah. Which is but that weird. didn't, at the time, it didn't matter because. You, you weren't getting spoilers, so you wouldn't be on like on Facebook and seeing what's happening. Yeah. There was yeah, no way of true. you knowing what's about to happen, so it didn't really matter, but the the way they did it, mm -hmm. it was always quite good. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. I think... Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of when I got into it, so... Yeah. Sorry. Right, <laughs> I was just saying, I think with the video games, there's a lot, is a big reason why a lot of people did get into it as well, because it was obviously, it's quite a mainstream game for people, and they were like, you pick these characters and you actually see that they're, they're real people and they're doing these sort of matches all the time on TV definitely brought in that sort of, because the games were good games to play, they weren't, they weren't that difficult at the time. Yeah. I think they're a bit harder now to play, but that back then it was, games you, Games were just there to be played, they weren't like too complicated. No, yeah. So yeah, I think no, that I got a lot of fans in as well with the games. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, me, me and Kieran, we played. Um, we played. We played one the other day, and it just it reminded me of how, like, when you put your PS2 in and you put the game in, how much content is actually on the game. Because obviously now you've got online and these companies trying to make money, and they give you pay for extra downloads, you pay for 
like the extra edition when you get all the extra characters and like with the early games there was none of that you had just had everything and there was just so mm. much to do on that one game and it just for me it taught me so much about wrestling because everything was on there everything that was on that game i could find i could like i say flip channel over oh there's tajiri i can go and play as tajiri do you know what i mean sort of thing it was very it was all in one place and it was all very like uh very very structured and being easy to find and there were matches that like don't even exist anymore they were lumberjack match there was, uh, I mean, the six-man tag, four-man tag, there was Brass and Panties match on this game. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, so many different, um, like, games and content, like you said. I remember as well, I used to go and, it was when internet was sort of early, it would take, like, five minutes for a page to load. But you could actually get, like, um, how to make certain wrestlers that weren't on the game. And it would tell you how to make yeah. them and actually make them look like it. I used to spend hours just yeah. like making like random celebrities yeah, or right. you know what I mean? It used to be you'd yeah. be able to spend hours I on used it. To do the same thing. But you play it now and it's nothing like yeah. that. No, it was dead, it was dead. Like you you'd have to go on the face and it'd be like there'd be ten different like numbers for the face depth and everything yeah. mm. or yeah. along. I used to remember finding the same patterns. It always used to frustrate me though that um you couldn't add your own music, so I'd make all the characters that I wanted to play as, and it didn't have the music on it. It really mm. me. It was just a little thing. So much so that when the Xbox 360 came out and I got um, the wrestling game on Xbox 360, that's when you could add your own music in because you, as long as you had the song on your 360, you could add the mm. music from your playlist. So it gets to a point where I'd make all these wrestlers and then I have to go and get their songs, put them on a CD, put the CD into the Xbox, save all these songs onto the Xbox just so I can have their entrance music for the first yeah. 20 seconds God, of the like, <laughs> you CD onto your Xbox. <laughs> God. Yeah, it was uh, stressful. Honestly, like, kids have it so easy now. Like, everything's just on yeah. the phone. Everything, you know what I mean? You won't think, like... it. I don't think they would survive, it, you know, when we were growing up. I think it's completely true. Yeah, mm. I mean, especially, go, especially going through LimeWire, trying to download all those songs and then having to find, think you found them all and then it's not the song, it's just that stupid bit. <laughs> the amount of times I downloaded, and I mean this, I downloaded a song of a movie and it turned out to be porn. <laughs> <laughs> like that old story, is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's happened again. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Molly's just walked in the room, and that's why you're trying to say something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, couldn't you believe? Like, I'm almost thirty years old. It's crazy. Yeah. That's my little segue into yeah. the Taker. Is now thirty. <laughs> I like that. Was a, that was yeah, good. It, was, it wasn't a great segue. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I just think it's mad that the Undertaker obviously debuted thirty years ago. It's just mad. Like considering all the characters and kind of uh, additions he's had. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, he's always fit. He's always fit in as well, he? He's not been like out of place. I don't think. No, yeah, he's adjusted. He's adjusted to as the times go on, sort of thing. Do you know what mm. I mean? I think obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have watched obviously the Undertaker documentary that's on the network at the moment, and it just yeah. goes to show how how much faith he had in him as a as a as a worker to act out for him to come forward and say, I want to change my gimmick this way, and this is I think this will work, and for them to put that trust into him, sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the documentary for me is amazing because you realise how good he is at his character because he's totally just not like that at all. He's quite a quiet, 
sort of quiet spoken guy and then you see, you, just, you can imagine the character he's playing it's just unbelievable no yeah and the way just I think the way as well is like we were saying back in from when obviously he came in 1990 right up until maybe the start of 2010s you've not really got social media there have you so he was one of the oldest he was one of the oldest wrestlers to keep his to keep kfab the longest wasn't he because he used to like i said he used to travel in all black and he used to fully mm. commit to everything and now i think again he's changing with the times in the fact that he's sitting down doing these documentaries talking about these things because he knows that that's kind of like what fans are interested in now they're interested in the backstage aspect of it yeah. whereas back then the thing to do was to keep the kfab they wanted to believe that he was the undertaker was a real person and a real character they wanted to believe that but now as obviously everything's come forward, he's just showing that he's adapting again and coming forward and changing how he's spent the first 15 years of his career talking about it, you know, kind of. Yeah. I was watching a little clip today um, and it was when Vader and The Undertaker went off abroad to do some like promo and they're in this, um, they're, I can't, they're in um, an, uh, in a different country anyway and the uh, presenter asked them if it's fake and Vader stands up <laughs> and he grabs the guy's tie and you know, it probably goes mad at him and the presenter's like, oh my god, what do you do? <laughs> and Undertaker, like a boss, he's just sat there, nice, you know, dead cool. <laughs> I remember seeing a clip, yeah. Vader yeah. yeah. grabs him, doesn't he? And he's, uh, he just grabs him and says, does this feel fake? And the guy's yeah. face goes white. But, um... I'm intrigued to see the Paul Bearer documentary because I've not seen it yet. And mm. Paul Bearer is one of the people that I actually don't know that much about. I mean, I know we travelled with Undertaker all the time and Vincent Mann offered to get, um, to get him liposuction because he was, he was heavily um, overweight and he was, yeah, he was really un unhealthy. So then they paid for his liposuction, I think. Um, and a few years later, he passed away. But he's the one person I actually don't know that much about. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I don't really, I don't really know too much about it. There's a couple, there's a couple that I, obviously because I got into it in 2004. I've gone back and I've watched, I've watched a lot of stuff. And then he's, but yeah, he's one of the people I don't know very much about either. I think it, he's kind of one of the characters that kept his gimmick all the way through as well. So you know, he never, he was never another character. Um, I just, I, the only stories I've heard is, huh? That high-pitched voice, and he's just, yeah. he's just a strange little guy, isn't he? I've only heard stories about him winding up The Undertaker, because apparently The Undertaker's afraid of cucumbers. Have you ever heard that story? No, I've not. I've not heard it. <laughs> For some reason, The Undertaker doesn't like cucumbers. So, right. um, Paul Bearer <laughs> Paul used to put him in uh, The Undertaker's like locker bag, and in his locker, and his shoes, and to try and wind them up all the time. <laughs> That's <laughs> strange. Do you think, do you think, do you think, do you think the other take could jump like cats do when they see a cucumber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> well, he's rather brave or stupid. I, I wouldn't want to scare the Undertaker. No, not the guy who's like, the, not the guy who's like the judge in the, uh, in the locker room when everything goes wrong and he's the guy that's sorting things out and then you're putting cucumbers in his this shoes. This is one thing that's amazing. So I was telling people about this and there's like, I don't think they believe me, but backstage there's a lot of conflict and the way these solve it is these have a wrestling court and the Undertaker used to be the judge, the APA used to be the doorman, the bouncers and it was something like a Al Snow did um, to Billy Gunn and for the punishments Undertaker decided that uh, Billy Gunn had to wash all of Al Snow's gear for like a month. 
But what I would, I would love to be a fly on a wall during them. Yeah, there's one story I've heard as well is um, between Chris Jericho and Goldberg, where they were fighting, and I think Chris Jericho won his case, and Goldberg had to say on air that he was like one of the best wrestlers on the roster. I'm sure it's something like that. Brilliant. No, the one, the one I've heard, I think it was his podcast I was listening to, I think it was Stone Cold's podcast with Edge and Christian on it. Um, I was listening to that and uh, Edge and Christian were talking about it and there was one where, I think it was where Edge was going to the courtroom, I think it was to do with WWE bringing out an autobiography and he basically, he lied and said they were bringing out an autobiography about him and it pissed a lot of people off in the locker room sort of thing. So he, but he kept it up and kept going and going just kind of so it would be and he ended up in, I can't remember how, but he ended up in the court with the Undertaker. But uh, he always knew that, he, everybody always knew apparently that you could buy the judge. So like he'd go to like Harley Davidson shops and buy Harley Davidson stuff and loads of different things and all the different things that the Undertaker likes. And he'd go and leave them in his hotel room. And he'd leave them in his hotel room. And then he, he tells the story on the podcast of how like, the Undertaker just comes up to him and says, don't worry, I, I think I, I don't think you're going to be found guilty on this one because he just filled his room with all these different things like with spiker jackets and bandanas and stuff like this. That's amazing. Um, so end of this month, it is on the twenty second. It's Survivor Series. So I I put to these two, to John and Chris, to pick five past or present wrestlers, male or female, that you would have in your Survivor Series team. Um, I struggled with this, you know. Yeah, I kind of I had in my head an idea of where I wanted to go with it. And then as I kind of started doing a bit of research and kind of looking into it a bit more, it kind of changed a bit. It kind of changed a little bit because when Kieran, Kieran first asked me about this, I thought to myself, I think, I think one of the first things Kieran said was, oh, you're going to want some big guys in there, aren't you? Because obviously it's always, it's always kind of big guys. But then my, like, my memory and history of big guys has always been whenever they're in a Survivor Series match, the, they don't get pinned or they don't, they don't get pinned or they don't get made to tap out. They always end up being counted out or they end up being disqualified in some way and I think the reason that they did that is so that they can maintain uh, maintain their position of strength and how big and strong they are without actually losing a pinfall or a submission to, so to a smaller to a smaller guy or someone in a different storyline sort of thing and I kind of said this to Kieran he's like oh yeah I kind of think so so I've actually I actually went back and looked at the count outs and the disqualifications from every Survivor Series now the first count out ever in a Survivor Series match was Hulk Hogan was counted out in the, in the main event at um, Survivor Series 87 Hulk Hogan was counted out there but then I went back and I went through them, and these are some of the names of people that have been counted out, right? Braun Strowman, 2019. Nia Jax, one of the biggest women, she was counted out. Braun Strowman again in 2016. Then you've had Rusev and the Big Show both counted out in 2014. JBL, 2008. Ron Simmons, 2006. And then Big Boss Man has been counted out in 99, 88, and 89 as well. He was counted out. <laughs> Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown has only appeared in two Survivor Series matches in his career, and he's been counted out of both of them. <laughs> Earthquake. Earthquake has been counted out twice. Tugboat's been counted out. Animal's been counted out. And then um, uh, Mabel, who was obviously Mabel before he was Viscera, uh, he's been counted out as well. And then that's just count out. That's just count out. And then you go through disqualifications, and you've got Kevin Owens been disqualified. Sheamus been disqualified. Umaga been disqualified. Gene Snitsky. And then Bradshaw as well been disqualified. And then you've had Smash, you had Smash, Crush, Hawk, and Animal all disqualified in 1990 in the same match. And it's just like all these bigger, all these kind of bigger guys sort of thing. You just kind of look at it and think it's absolutely nuts. And then the other thing that I looked at as well 
Andre the Giant has been so Andre the Giant's record in his Survivor Series matches. So this is just in Survivor Series elimination matches. Andre the Giant has won two and lost one, but he's been counted out and disqualified. So in one of those, he was counted out in a win, and he was disqualified <laughs> in the one that he lost. And then the only other one that he won was the main event of '87 when he was the sole survivor, and that's the only other one that he's won. So obviously he's won that first one at 87. He's been the sole survivor because he's the biggest, strongest guy. So then it comes to the next two and they can't have him pinned or submitted. So he's been counted down and he's been disqualified. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like intriguing for me to kind of look through that. is just to see how many of these huge and humongous guys. And it's kind of like, I, Kieran said to me, you don't want these big guys. And looking through it, I'm like, maybe, maybe I don't want these big guys. You know? <laughs> That's what happened to me. I was like, I want some big guys. And I put on uh, Survivor Series 2001. And the big show was cleaning house and then um <laughs> literally out of nowhere he gets five finishers uh no sorry four finishers done at the same time oh god <laughs> Van Damme does his um, yeah. so, mad. they always have to prove a point don't they, they have to they have to to bring down this big guy it's going to take something and if they can't do it it's a disqualification or a counter and if they can do it it's like you say it's four finishers and it's got to be kind of like a team effort so it's not very often you get these huge guys being a sole survivor on a team. So I've got, I've actually, I pulled up, I've got the, I've got a list of the people that have been sole survivors. So Randy Orton's been a sole survivor, Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Dolph Ziggler. So they've all been sole survivors. So Dolph of... Ziggler had an amazing one. He took out like, he took out three different uh, points yeah. from the other team, didn't he? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll start us off with our all time five with probably the most controversial one. Right. I'm going to tell you now. I, uh, I originally in my, in my all, in my all star five for a super, for a Survivor Series elimination match, I had Shawn Michaels in there, right? So I had Shawn Michaels in there. And the reason I had Shawn Michaels in there is because he's tied in first place for the most ever appearances in a Survivor Series elimination match. He's had 11 matches, 11 elimination matches, right? Now he's only won five. He's only been on a winning team five times and he's lost six times, right? Um, and he's also got third most eliminations. So he's eliminated 12 people off the opposite team. So he was a really, he was, I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to put him in there. And then obviously I looked at this list and saw, oh, Dolph Ziggler, he's been a sole survivor. But he's been a sole survivor twice. Shawn Michaels hasn't done it once. So I thought, you know what, I'll look at Dolph Ziggler's record. Now, this is Dolph Ziggler's record in Survivor Series matches. He's 5-0. and He's 5-0. and He's never lost a Survivor Series yeah. elimination match. He's been a sole survivor twice. In the first one, he was the sole survivor after pinning Randy Orton for the win in 2012, when the year before that, he was eliminated by Orton within a minute and 30 seconds in 2011. So from 2011 to 2012, he's then the sole survivor eliminating Randy Orton. And then in 2014, which is the one I think Kieran you're on about when he had the stupidly impressive one. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, <clears throat> yeah, he, he eliminated the last three. He was down 3-1. He eliminated Kane, Luke Harper and Seth Rollins. And then he's come through, he's come through and won that as well. So then I was looking through this and then he was pinned by, he was pinned in 2018 by Shane McMahon and that's it, but he was still on the winning team. So he's actually 5-0. and So then I looked back at it and I thought, right, Dolph Ziggler's 5-0. and He's been a sole survivor two times on it. He's got the same amount of wins in the matches as Shawn Michaels does with none of the losses. So <laughs> it was probably, probably, probably the most controversial one of the day, but I bumped. Shawn Michaels is not in my all-time five for a Survivor Series elimination match. Dolph Ziggler takes the takes okay. first place on my team. Um, no, I, th I think you've made your point. I think, I think you've been right there. Yeah, mm. well, the, just, just, a, just before... Goes, I've got Shawn Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> but just, just to clarify, by the way, before anyone gets on me, he does have one loss in a Survivor Series match. However, he wasn't Dolph Ziggler. 
he was nifty of the Spirit Squad, and he lost. Yes. <laughs> he lost. He lost to he lost he lost to Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Ron Simmons, and I think it was Sergeant Slaughter. In the only time, in one of the only two times, Ric Flair has been the sole survivor. His costume was awful, that cheerleader. He was, he was horrendous. <laughs> absolutely horrendous. John, who have you got first? I went with a pretty. I've gone with The Rock. Because I always remember The Rock being quite good in Survivor Series. I think he was a sole survivor once as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I think uh, I think the wrong. I'm sure he was. Might have done. I think I've just got the, I've got the top five, so I've got the top five. Yeah, uh, I've got him down. Yeah, I've got the top five one, so I can't see. It. He does have most. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, he has twice. Nineteen ninety six, two thousand and one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, two thousand and one. He's got. Um, yeah, he's he's been a sole survivor twice. It's just it, it baffles me that it's just that list, isn't it? So like, like you said, the rocks on there. So you pick the rock. who's a sole survivor twice. You've got the rock, Hogan, Flair, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Orton, and then. Dolph Ziggler, just in there, do you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's a weird one because he he's so hit and miss, isn't he, as a wrestler? Um, yeah. And one of them you're on about is the when Sting came in, isn't it? I'm sure it would so, be. Yeah. We saw Survivor. Could have been, yeah. It could have been, mm. yeah. I didn't. I, I have to admit, I didn't go back and watch them all after uh, after I spent a good few hours going through all of the results of every Survivor series since 1987. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he had an amazing match during that one, and then Sting came in and because uh, he was starting to get cheated by a sledgehammer and Triple H, as you do, and he came in and but he, he had eliminated like I'm sure it was three or four people. Yeah, yeah, The Rock. I think The Rock's because I always remember watching The Rock in Survivor Series. So, and he was any match he's in, he's always a bit he. It's, you don't expect him to lose many matches that you watch him in. No, you don't. You don't all. For my first one, this this might seem like a double, but let me let me just let me, um, set my arguments. Oh, I've God. gone with Shane or Mark. Good choice. I'll tell you why. So I think it was. Uh, when was it? Oh, God, what year was it now? It was it was two thousand one. Um, it was uh, the elite. Not sorry. It was the alliance versus um, uh, WWF. Yeah, yeah. But, I've got it here. Yeah, it was Chris Jericho, Big Show, Kane, The Rock, and The Undertaker taking on the alliance, which was Booker T, Kurt Angle, RVD, Shane, and Stone Cold. Now, yeah. I was watching that. What well, <laughs> Amount of times Shane McMahon up, um, interrupted the pin was ridiculous. At one point, the Undertaker was like, I've had enough, and he went chasing after Shane McMahon. <laughs> Shane McMahon did everything he could to stop that free camp happening. He was just an animal to kept sliding in the ring, interrupting it. Shane McMahon is a person that you wanted on your team because he will literally do anything for the win. This is a guy that flies across the ring and kicks his dad in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, he bought the rival company to his dad. This is the man you're on the team. He'll do anything for the win. Shane McMahon is just, he might not get the, he might not be a sole survivor, but he's going to, you know, he's going to help you out, isn't he? You're right. He's going to help you out, Kieran. But just looking through his stats now, he's actually only one and three in Survivor Series matches. That alliance match that you're talking about, he actually lost. That was the one, obviously, where The Rock was the sole survivor. And then the only one that he actually won was when he was part of Team SmackDown. That's when he, uh, that's when he won. Let's pull this up. He was in 
2016. He was part of Team SmackDown with AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, and they had, oh, it was with James Ellsworth, so that made all the difference, clearly. <laughs> Still yeah, so he actually only won a free, so you can, you're right, he is a good, he is a good pick. However, I'm going to think that John's pick of The Rock and my pick of Dolph Ziggler at the moment have got your Shane O'Mac <laughs> on his stat. Okay, uh, I am right. a stat man, Jared. Okay. Right. I love Shane O'Mac, though. He's one of my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> But Chris, who have you got? Next? I think he's better on his own. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. So, okay, then if we're gonna go, go you say who you got next, Kieran. I'm gonna go for my second one. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, so my first one, I've got Dolph Ziggler. Right. So, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with now. This is my next one. So, I told you I wasn't gonna. I wasn't looking at big guys, and then I found this big guy's record, and I thought, reading through stats. Basing my whole team off stats, performances, and things like that, I like to kind of scout my guys. I'm going to say Kane. So, I'm not going to say Kane. However, a little interesting fact about Kane: Kane has appeared in Survivor's elimination matches under three different names, under three different really? gimmicks. He's been in matches. So he's been there. Commissioner Kane. Nope. One of them was Kane. Yeah. One of them was Ivan Yankin. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he also uh, appeared as Diesel. Fake Diesel. Yeah, but he wasn't, it wasn't called I don't fake know Diesel, though, was he? He was just Diesel. Yeah. He appeared as Diesel, Ivan Yankin, and then obviously he's been himself Kane. So he's 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 actually second. He's actually, sorry, it, it would be third because Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton are both tied for most Survivor Series matches with eleven each. But Kane's been in nine Survivor Series matches. He's only won three. He's been in, he's a 1 3, lost 5, and then one of them ended in a no contest. And it was the one where he was diesel, where it ended in no contest. I think about, I think it was six out of the eight participants all got disqualified once, and it was declared a no contest. I think it was in 19, could have been 96, I think it was. I wrote it down earlier. Could have been 96, it ended in no contest. But no, I'm not going to say Kane, Kieran, but there's your little nice little fact for you on Kane. Go on, then. Nice little fact for So, my big man that I'm including is The Big Show. And now, I'm going to have The Big Show in my team. Because the Big Show is renowned for not having a very good record in, in WWE. Yeah, he's, that's he's, why I'm not he's, picked he's, him. Yeah, he's loser. His most winning pay-per-view is Survivor Series. He has won eight times at Survivor Series, and that's his most. That's that's most most any pay-per-view for the Big Show. And in Survivor Series matches, he's actually participated in eight Survivor Series matches, and he's five and three. So he's been on the winning. So he's got a winning record in Survivor Series elimination matches, and he also holds the second most eliminations in WWE history with thirteen. So he's knocked out 13, 13 different participants. But the biggest thing that stands out for me is the record for a Survivor Series elimination match. The shortest match is a minute and twenty six seconds, and it was a one on four handicap match, and it was the Big Show taking on Big Boss Man. Uh, I think it was Midian, Prince Albert, and Viscera. He eliminated all four in a minute and 26 seconds. And that's the quickest of elimination match. <laughs> How? How is that even possible? It was a Survivor Series 1999, and uh, the final one was one of, I think it was actually one of Big Boss Man's countouts. I think I didn't watch the match, I didn't watch the match back, but if I remember, I think it was, he pinned the first, he pinned the first three, and a Big Boss Man either walks off or he knocks him out, out of the ring. It was one of those two. But yeah, so he finished it with Big Boss Man with a can out and he won it in a minute and 26 seconds. So in regards to everything of what I've just said regarding big men who get who get counted out, disqualified, everything like that, and Kieran even said the Big Show got four finishes to him, I feel like Big Show is my best bet on all of the big man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the Big Show in my all-time Survivor Series team alongside Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Mm, I don't, okay. I, 
John, see, mine aren't on results too much, but they they have took part in Survivor Series. I'm gonna go with Bret Hart because on his day he was pretty good, especially in Survivor Series matches. Yeah, I think he's. I I don't like what he's turned into now. He's not that nice a guy, but like at the time he was a pretty decent wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't yeah, need think... nice guys. People who are <laughs> 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 going to get the win for you. Well, he will. He's a good technical wrestler, isn't he? You need somebody technical in there, I feel. I've got like my showman yeah. in The Rock, and then I'd have Bret Hart as my technical sort of submission guy. See, I was looking at results, but I was like, you can't tell you, results don't really matter really because anything can happen what you need is somebody with great heart you know determination <laughs> that's why Shane and the next pick right this is this is going to throw you out is Keith Lee now okay right, right stop a minute now Chris right because uh, his Survivor Series debut um it, uh, when he was against uh, Roman Reigns, it was him and Roman Reigns right at the end. His surround series match was unbelievable. And he held his own against his big wrestlers. He held his own against Bob Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. He is basking his glory. He is just, I think he will go, because he has something to prove. So he will go the tenth of dozen to do what he can. Him and Shane together would smash it. Okay. Uh, I see what you're saying, Kieran. However, but. <laughs> my argument is going to be is that when three people are on a podcast in 20 years' time and Keith Lee has actually done something in Survivor Series, they can then put him on their all-time team. I don't understand how you put Keith Lee on the all-time Survivor Series team when he's had one match and it was a loss. No, but that's the thing, though. I can see potential. I'm he tried. He tried. This isn't just about him by himself. I think my team together, him, Shane McMahon, and the other wrestlers I've got, make the ultimate fraction. Right. Okay. Fine. That's fine. Well. Well, let me know when, when you get a visit from Kieran from the future and he does tell you that Keith Lee is actually one of the all-time <laughs> Survivor Series contestants. I don't think he will be. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think he'll do. I think... I, I don't know, really. I don't know, really, to be honest with you. I didn't really... With Once you set the task to me of like, kind of picking like the all-time best Survivor Series team sort of thing, I kind of went back and looked at what's happened so far and you're right I think he does have really good potential and I probably think I think he will I think he will he'll go quite far depending obviously how he's used and how um, <clears throat> and how the how, I think I think Keith Lee's one of them guys it kind of he would be a lot further along where he is now if there was a crowd if there had been a crowd for the past six to eight months especially yeah. when he's made his jump up to the main roster I think he'd have been uh, been pushed a bit more yeah no, I, I agree to be fair yeah, definitely think what he is. Is he in so, this year's? So far. <laughs> Sorry, is he in this year's uh, Survivor I, Series? I, I haven't watched I this before. week. I think, yeah, he's in the team, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I'm sure he's in the team. I'm sure. He's so in we'll the team. see. We we'll see how hard he tries. Uh, well, honestly, right, Keith Lee will be the sole <laughs> survivor, and I'll be like, basking in his glory. 
Yeah. So it's, yeah, he is. He's in. He's in Team Raw. It's AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Braun Strowman. And he's in Raw Team, which yeah. can I just point out as well? Do you know what the record for Raw and SmackDown is? I actually don't, and I've looked at all the stats, and I don't know that record. That, John, that do you want to have a guess? I would guess Raw's one more. Is the the show on it? How many has there been? Well, I can tell you. I can tell you. I don't know how many of these were Raw versus SmackDown because obviously Raw and SmackDown didn't split until later on. But I do know through 1987 to 2019, there has been 85 Survivor Series elimination matches, and only eight of those were women's matches. So only out of those 85 Survivor Series elimination matches, only eight of them have been women's. So the rest were all men's matches. And obviously, you have to take into account the first. I think it was what three or four pay-per-views every match was a Survivor Series elimination match. Mm. Yeah. So I'd probably say if you when did when did the Raw and SmackDown split start? Um, it was the first one was two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. Okay. Well, two thousand and two, there was no Survivor Series matches because they had the Elimination Tables match and the Elimination Chamber in two thousand and two. So the first split was two thousand and one. And then there was no Survivor Series matches in 2002, I'm going to say. So you've got the last 17 years, really, haven't you? And it usually averages out maybe one a year, two a year. So I'd probably say, I'd probably, I'd probably make my guess out of 17, really. I'd probably say Raw It's probably, Raw's probably, I'm going to go 10 to 7. Raw's 1 to 10, SmackDown's 1 to 7. I don't, I don't think it was 2001, because actually 2001 was the Alliance. That was Yeah, I don't think that's... Yeah. I'm going to, right, well... Uh... What's the total number you've got, Kieran? What's that? Give us the total number that you've got. So add up the Raw and SmackDown wins together. Give us the total number and then we'll, we'll have a guess. Okay, so... Uh, 24. 24. I'm going to go with... 15 and 9. John? I'm going to say 20 and 4. I reckon Raw's won quite a lot. One of you is right. Slap bang on the the money. Mm-hmm. Raw, fifteen. Smackdown, mm-hmm. nine. There you go. That was a pretty uh, pretty good guess. But yeah, so I see what you're saying about him being on a Raw team. They've still got one more testament for him to pick to, to actually add it to the team because it, it is a five on five match. Raw's got AJ, Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Braun Strowman. And to be honest, based on my history, Braun Strowman and Sheamus both could get counted out or disqualified. So. It's just going to be Keith Lee and AJ Styles and this and this third guy. So and Keith Lee will slash and have like. You did me proud. You did me proud. Yeah, you will be. You will be. I've told you. We can put him on the potential, the all-time, the all-potential Survivor Series team if you want. Um, who, right, where are we up to? Right. So, I've got, so far, I've got, um, I've got Dolph Ziggler and I've got The Big Show. Mm-hmm. I think John's got, John's got The Rock and Bret Hart. Yeah. And then you've got Shane McMahon and Keith Lee. Yeah. So let's go for number three. Okay, let's go for number three. Well, I, I can see that you're letting your daughter pick yours, Kieran. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go for. So my next one is probably it's going to be an obvious one. However, it probably isn't an obvious one when it comes towards Survivor Series elimination matches. But I, I'm picking the Undertaker. So I'm going to take the Undertaker. So obviously the Undertaker debuted at them, and now the Undertaker has won the most more matches than anyone else at Survivor Series. Out of fourteen appearances, he's won twelve matches. Twelve of the fourteen times he's won, um, he's participated in four Survivor Series matches, and he's won all four of them. He's not lost one. Now he has been he got eliminated by Kurt Angle in one, which is kind of interesting because Kurt Angle's history in Survivor Series matches is not very good. He's only two and two, but uh, yes, yeah, so he got eliminated by Kurt Angle. 
he got he got counted out in 1990. He got counted out in 1993, and then in uh, 1995, um, he uh, he was he it was a full surviving team. His entire team survived. But I just want to point out his 1995 match because this is the one that kind of the sinker for me. So obviously he's got the most wins out of any other WWE wrestler at Survivor Series. The next closest person to him is Randy Orton with eight. But his his Survivor Series elimination match at, um, in 1995 was. He eliminated Jerry Lawler. He then eliminated Isaac Yankin, also better known as Kane. He eliminated Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And then he uh, then he eliminated Mabel, known as Viscera. So four pretty big names. And he won. He eliminated Jerry Lawler with pinfall. Isaac Yankin by pinfall. And then Triple H by pinfall. And then he counted out Mabel. And it was Undertaker that got all four of the eliminations. And the match lasted 14 minutes. So God. based on based on all of that, I'm going to put Undertaker as my on my all time on my all time team as the the third member of my all time team. Okay, John. I was going to. I had Undertaker. I mean, but I won't, I'll pick someone else. No, you can put him. You put him on as well because obviously you've got. Um, I, well, I had you know a few because it, yeah, it's quite hard to pick five. So there's more. I picked more than yeah. five just because. I was guessing people would pick similar choices. I I'm gonna s- <laughs> well, yeah. Um, see the next one. I'm not his biggest fan, but I think he'd bring a lot to the team. And I know he's Kieran's favourite, and that's John Cena. Oh, I think. Well, what do you think I was going to say? Cesaro. Oh, no. <laughs> I, uh, Cesaro I, I had a look at John Cena as well. I had a look at John Cena as well. I was, I was, I was going to go into it. He was actually, he's actually done really well in Survivor Series elimination matches. Mm. He's four and one, and he's actually only ever been eliminated once out of those five matches. Well, there you go. I think that was the yeah. Dolph Ziggler year. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it was as well. Yeah. Because he, Against... he, was, he was part of Team Angle. He was part of Team Angle in 2003. He was part of Team Guerrero in 2004, and then in 2006, uh, it could have been, I don't know if he was part, he could have been part of Team, I think it was 2006, it was a mixture between SmackDown Raw and ECW, because he was on a team with Bobby Lashley, Kane, RVD, and Sabu, so, and then uh, he, and then he's got a couple, he won in 2014 as part of Team Cena, which, uh, part of Team Cena, and then he uh, he, run, he he lost his team SmackDown in 2017, and that's his only loss that he's had. So uh, yeah, I look to Cena. I think Cena's a good pick. I think yeah, as much like I said, I'm not his biggest fan, but I appreciate what he does in the ring. Yeah. Um, and he's 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 that character that everyone you really love or you you hate him. Well, I hated him, but I would have him in yeah. my team. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. He's a good pick, I think. I think he's a good pick. Oh, manic, Brett, manic choice. A solid team. And then we're going mm. over to Kieran now. <laughs> no, you're right there, Right. So I picked a person, but I'm picking uh, him in 2000 to 2002, that kind of era. Right. I've gone with <laughs> Triple H. Okay. Triple H is a man that gets stuff done. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever means necessary. Like, and he is, he, he's what you want with Shane and Keith Lee. <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like you kind of pick him in now to kind of bump up the rest of your team. I'm not, isn't 
Yeah. <laughs> you should threaten that. No, 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 screw up, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, Triple H, um, especially in that like them kind of years of two thousand to two thousand and three, whatever. He was so um, he was so like, r- like ag- aggressive, and um, yeah. I, and he, I, think- I think he's done quite well in Survivor Series. Uh, yeah, he's actually. I'm just looking at it now. As Triple H, he's three and two. Yeah, he's three and two as Triple H, and then as when he was down as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, he he wasn't as good as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He lost twice as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which was one of them was obviously the one I just talked about in uh, 1996 with the Undertaker, and then he lost in '95 as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But then, yeah, like as he was when he was Triple H, he's, I remember he was part of Team Triple H in 2004, Batista, Edge, Gene Snitsky. And Triple H with Ric Flair at ringside, they lost to Team Orton because that was right after that was all the fallback from the um, heavyweight championship, wasn't it? Randy Orton's heavyweight championship. Mm. So yeah, he he lost there, and then he won as part of Team DX, part of Team DX in 2006 when he had CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, and Matt Hardy himself and Shawn Michaels, and he beat Rated RKO. Look at this, by the way. My girlfriend said, "Oh, you should put Edge on your team," and I thought, "Oh, I do like Edge. I'll have a look at Edge. Edge has not won a single Survivor Series match. He's 0 4, and he's been eliminated in every single one." He's, uh, he's not the best. Uh, he's not the best choice for a Survivor Series team, but uh, I'm going to give it an honourable mention because I told my girlfriend I would. And, uh, it's mad that um, Survivor Series is the one pay per view that has had the most title changes ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's mad. Yeah, well, you, you think though? There's just so many. There's, there was the year because there's only ever been there's only ever been two two years of Survivor Series when there hasn't been a Survivor Series elimination match. And obviously, one was 2002 that I mentioned before when you had the Elimination Chamber with Shawn Michaels and it was for a vacant title. And then the other, the only other time there's not been any Super uh, Survivor Series elimination matches was in 1998. And I don't know if you remember it or if you've been back and seen it, but they had a knockout tournament. And they had a big knockout tournament. It was for the vacant WWF Championship. And there was a couple of, so like you had uh, Steve Regal versus X-Pac, which ended in, like a count out and stuff, and there was loads of these matches in this knockout tournament. They ended up with The Rock defeating Mankind for the vacant WWF Championship. I don't know if you remember it. It just always seems that the, it's, a, it's kind of like a staple event for championship changes and, you know, kind of yeah. like big moments sort of thing. Especially yeah. because it kind of it leads nicely to like January to our Rumble. And that's yeah. kind of, mm. yeah. It's usually where the, um, the start, like a storyline for somebody else to get someone else in the Royal Rumble, isn't it? <laughs> Depending yeah, on the team's gone. So, do I get a yeah. pass on Triple H? I think that's a good choice. Yeah, Triple H is a good choice. You're gonna, Triple H is a good choice. I think I think Shane McMahon was an okay choice as well. I didn't have a problem with Shane McMahon. He's, he's got solid experience in Survivor Series matches. My only problem was the fact that you put Keith Lee in there, who's been in one Survivor Series match and he lost. And it was a triple threat between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yeah, but this is about building you know, a new team. And Keith Lee, you know. <laughs> You watch him. Please. You watch him please on please Sunday. Absolutely by Big Show if he comes up against my team. You watch him on Sunday. <laughs> right. I will watch him. Yeah. Um, John, your third one. I've said that. Huh? Oh no, so we're not on four. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah we're on fourth. fourth now. Yeah, we're on yeah, fourth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for my for my fourth one, for my fourth one, it's. Kind of, I don't know if it's kind of an obvious one or kind of not an obvious one, but like I say, I went back through and I've been looking through all the different Survivor Series, and I'm going to go with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's going to be the fourth member of my team. He's competed. He competed in the uh, in the main event of the he competed in the main event of Survivor Series, the first one, and he was um, he was in the he was in the first uh, the first main event Survivor Series elimination match, and he's actually never been pinned. He's never been pinned or submitted. The only loss that he's got, so he's four and one. He's competed in five of them. 
he's four and one. The only loss he got was in the first one when he was counted out, and Andre the Giant was the sole survivor. So that's uh, that's his only loss that he's got. And in, in his other four, he was the sole survivor in '89. He survived with Randy Savage in '88, and then in Survivor Series '1990, he actually competed in two elimination matches in the same night. So the first elimination match that he competed in, he was the sole survivor of that. And then the second one was a three-on-five uh, handicap match where him and the Ultimate Warrior were the two survivors as well. So I'm going to go with some veteran leadership. He's been there since the beginning. He knows how it goes. He knows he's got his, he's got his record. He's got his wins. He's never, been, he's never been pinned. He's never submitted. He's never been disqualified in a isolation match. So I'm going to put Hulk Hogan in there. I don't think that's a bad choice. Because you're talking about like Hulk Hogan, like 80s Hulk Hogan, aren't prime. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's 87 through to 87 through to 90. So yeah, prime Hulk Hogan, not 2005 SummerSlam Hulk Hogan. <laughs> when he yeah, was like talking, at his yeah. biggest. Yeah, I'm gonna talk in 24 inch pythons and saying his prayers and uh, eating his vitamins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's not a bad choice. I think yeah. at his heyday. He'd definitely have him. He'd be first pick, probably. Yeah. Yeah, that he would be. Oh, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. He was, uh, like, to be honest, um, when, I, when he sent me out, I, did, I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought about Hulk Hogan. I knew I wanted some older guys in there from when it, from the original, from the original pay-per-views in 87 um, through to 90. I know I wanted some of them guys in there, because obviously I knew when the paper was at 90, but I hadn't specifically thought about Hulk Hogan until I went back and looked at it. And then, obviously, yeah, it, was his, it was his prime, so it goes to show why he, he, he never really, he, he didn't lose in a Survivor Series match. He, he got carried out of one, and that was the only loss that he had. Okay, yeah. Bad. Um, so, my next one, I don't know how he does in Survivor Series. Uh, yeah, if you, once you say his name, I'll give it a quick search, and I'll, uh, we'll see how he does. It's Bray Wyatt. Right. Bray why this is where I have to I'm sure, is he not in this year's for uh, he's been in he's um, I don't know what his record is no I'm pulling up his record now but I know I'm looking at the card he's not actually down on any he's not actually down on any um, <clears throat> on any match and so I think if anything he's good Team Raw probably because Team Raw has still got one extra player one extra uh, one extra guy could be added to the team so I reckon it could be the theme because he's not because obviously you've got Orton versus Reigns. Yeah. So yeah, he could be adding to Raw for this year, but he's not actually on the card. Unless I'm completely wrong and you might get tweeted at and someone will correct me. But yeah, <laughs> he's, um, he's not actually on the card for this one yet. But yeah, look at Bray Wyatt in the past. So he was part of Team SmackDown. There's Bray Wyatt in 2016. And he, yeah, he, won, he won on Team SmackDown in 2016. He was... Uh, I think that's all... The only ones that we've got. Yeah, that was the only the only match that we've got him down. So he's only done one. Bray Wyatt. And he's only done one Survivor Series elimination match. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if the he wasn't down. I think he's usually in like a championship match or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what he mainly has been, hasn't he? He's mainly been in championship matches and stuff. So looking through (laughs) his Survivor Series match history, he's been in one match and he's won it. So to be fair, it's a better pick than Keith Lee already. (laughs) Yeah. I've gone with. Oh God! <laughs> a guy that has destroyed more people. A guy who's destroyed people in seconds. I thought you'd done Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for Brock Lesnar. Now, I'm, 
I don't know how I feel about him. Sometimes I think he's a proper dickhead. But <laughs> if you look what he's done in ring, he's destroyed people. Like Ricochet, he destroyed him. You know, he's, he's a beast. So, and just to clarify, you've got Brock Lesnar and Keith Lee on the same team. I think they can coexist. Because <laughs> you were telling me that your whole team is about cohesion and being a big factor. <laughs> I don't think that Brock Lesnar and Keith Lee can coexist. Now, listen, right? Brock Lesnar would smash everyone. Triple H would kind of uh, get his old sledgehammer out. Shane McMahon would, you know, be cheating. He'll be trying to interrupt the, the, the free count. You have all these dimensions. Why wouldn't it work? They'll be undefeated for years and years. Yeah, you're right. You say that as well. So, just having a look back. So, he's actually only featured in one Survivor Series elimination match, Brock Lesnar has. It was in 2003, and he, was, uh, he faced Team Angle. He was, uh, he was with A-Train Big Show, Brock Lesnar, uh, Nathan Jones, and Matt Morgan. So I don't remember Nathan Jones. I uh, don't know if any, either of you guys will remember him. But uh, apparently he was, he, was, he was an Australian powerlifting champion. Yeah, guy. I remember him. He was, wasn't he meant to be like a prisoner? That he was in prison for something. I remember seeing vignettes yeah. on him. Yeah, it could I've be. never seen but him yeah, wrestle. Yeah, so, no, yeah, it was him, and that was in 2003, and that's the only match Brock Lesnar's been a part of, and they lost to Team Angle, which was Bradshaw, Chris Benoit, Hardcore Holly, John Cena, and Kurt Angle. Now, just to give me a second, Kieran, I will see if he's actually true to what he said and absolutely kicked everybody's ass. So, he, the, only, what, the, the, the only person he actually eliminated was Kurt Angle after nine minutes, that was it, and then two minutes later, Chris Benoit made him tap out. So, in, the, in Brock Lesnar's only appearance, Kieran, he... Only eliminated one person, Kurt Angle, and then he Chris Benoit made him tap out two minutes later. Yeah, but you, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't judge it a old, old <laughs> I mean, look what he's done in ring. He is, he is a beast. He is a controller. He'll just go through everyone. I think he's a bit of a liability. I think he's one of them guys that's liability to be like get a disqualification. Do you know what I mean? He'll choke someone out or won't won't break a hold. Is uh, do you know what I mean? I think he, I think for me, he'd be one of those more unreliable guys. Oh yeah, he doesn't play well. With others, does it at all? No, I think I think I think Kieran's right, and yeah, I think he's a good pick, and yeah, he's going to kick ass. I think Paul Heyman's going to be more of a contribution to your Survivor Series <laughs> team, being at ringside with Brock Lesnar. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm picking the Brock Lesnar that had Paul Heyman, so he comes with him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well if you want to have yeah. some managers on, we can, if you want to have some managers on, we can have some managers on after. <laughs> I've got a good pick for a manager. So once we've gone through all five, if you're going to have Paul Heyman, uh, I've got a good pick for my manager to add on after. Right, we're on the last one. Yeah, so my fifth, fifth and final pick. So this is probably this was probably my easiest pick. This was the first person that came to head came that came into my head when I was thinking about it and going and looking through. So the person that I'm picking, he he's got the most eliminations in Survivor Series history. The most eliminations, and he's also tied. First with Dolph, he's also tied first with Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels for most Survivor Series elimination match wins. Um, he's he's also tied first with Shawn Michaels for most appearances in Survivor Series elimination matches. But the biggest thing for me was the biggest thing for me was is he's got the most sole Survivor wins, and it was actually three years in a row. So the person I'm picking is my fifth and final member is Randy Orton. In 2003, 2004, and 2005, he was a sole Survivor every single year on his winning team. And then also, he's got the second most wins at Survivor Series as a whole, only behind The Undertaker. So, Randy Orton, for me, is 
eliminated. He's got the most eliminations. Or he's got the most eliminations in Survivor Series matches. He's tied for the best record in Survivor Series with, like I say, Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels. And then he's he's going to be he's going to be my guy fighting in the trenches. And I can absolutely leave it to him if he's down three one, he's going to win because he's done a Soul Survivor three times, three years in a row. Um, I think he's a I think he's my solid staple of my team to round off my team. Um, I just want to interject because my last pick is also Randy Orton. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you can have him as well. You can have him as well. I'm going to give you... You can have him as well, Kieran. We can both have him. Because mm. I'm, what I'm going to say to you is, I think you need him based on the rest of your team. So it'd probably be a really good thing for you to have him. No, imagine, like... Um, it's like it'd be like a ping pong ball. The arm honestly <laughs> thrown to Keith Lee, thrown to Brock Lesnar, thrown to, you know, an RKO. Shame that man jumps, you know, um, off the uh, the top rope onto the the, the the announce table. You know, he does his big spot. It'd be, it'd be amazing. The crowd go, we'll be chanting. So you so you've got you've got Randy Orton as your final pick. So that's we've got our two teams of five, and then John, what was your who's your final pick? I was gonna go with uh, Chris Jericho as my last pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he's got a good record, but like. I think he's been in winning teams, from what I can see. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, two thousand and one, he was part of Team WF, and he was winning. He was a winning team there. Two thousand and three, Team Bischoff. Um, that was the when they kicked Stone Cold out, and Stone Cold retired. Two thousand and three, and then yeah, he was part of Team Orton in two thousand and four, and then yeah, he's he's got a winning record. He's three and one. The only loss that he's got was when he was part of Team Raw in two thousand and sixteen. He was with Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Braun, and Braun Strowman. In 2016, I think that was the year that, 20, that Braun got counted out, probably in 2016. Yeah, it was. But yeah, yeah so probably. Yeah, three and one carried Chris Jericho, Grand Slam, Grand Slam champion as well. Good pick. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad team I've got. No, yeah, Chris's is yeah. pretty good as well. Kieran's just it's a bit here and there. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know about Kieran. <laughs> Kieran's just kind of like big <laughs> hard, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to hear what? Um, so I put it on Instagram. I said, you know, who would you have on your team? And some people got back to me. Do you want to hear what the rest of the world had to say? Yeah, let's go. go for it. Okay, so um, big truck on Instagram. Uh, he said, <laughs> so said the run of him. Books, <laughs> the young books and Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah, the young books. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't even watch much AEW. John or anything like that, but yeah, um, the young books um, are. I definitely have them. They definitely have them. In my team. Big Steve one hundred and one said evolution. Just evolution. Yeah, solid team. Good show. I'm, did, did, I'm sure they had. I'm sure mm. they had a. Didn't they have a? I'm pretty sure they had a match as evolution. Survivor Series. I can't. I'd imagine so. Series, like, I might, yeah, I. I I don't know if I'm just thinking of it could have just been to be honest I'm probably just thinking of like a, a random pay-per-view when they've had a four-man tag or whatever because as I'm looking through Survivor Series now the only time I can really see is you've got was that 2004 when you had Team Orton against Team Triple H and you had, you had Batista and Triple H in the ring with Ric Flair ringside and they had Edge and Gene Snitsky as well and that's the only time I can kind of see them that's, they will have been there as Evolution and they'll come out as Evolution but obviously it was before that was that was that was after Randy Orton. It was obviously wasn't part of it anymore. So, but I think what uh, I mean, what Big Steve was saying was uh, the full evolution, including Randy, if I'm not wrong. Hmm. I think that'd be a yeah, pretty think, good yeah, team, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. 
this one's, this one's an interesting one. So um, it says, Kofi, Kofi Kingston, the new day, uh, put Kofi Kingston, um, Ali, as in uh, Mustafa Ali, Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. Yeah. I think it's a very... It's a mixture. I think it's a very, like, yeah, next generation. That's what I was going to say, yeah. It's a very, like, kind of next generation pick, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we've got Tom Blue Nose 90 said, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, 90s HBK and Triple H. Yeah, good picks. I think I looked at, mm. uh, I had a look at Chris Benoit. He's, uh, he's been in quite, um, he's been in a few of these matches, I think it was. Uh, I, I also, I, I look at Eddie as well. Eddie's actually, Eddie's actually only ever been in two. And mm. I, don't, I think that's because, Obviously, I think that's because the Survivor Series, obviously, in 2002, there wasn't one. Um, and then, obviously, he died in 2005. He was actually part of one in 2000. He was part of Team Radicals, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Terry Saturn um, with Terry. And they defeated uh, Billy Gunn, China, Kay Quick, who's obviously now our truth, and then Road Dogg. Mm. So that's a, that was in 2000 then. And then the only other one that Eddie Guerrero has appeared in was when he was actually part of Team Guerrero. And it was the first. Uh, it was actually the first Survivor Series I saw this, which was Survivor Series 2004. It was Team Guerrero. It was a big show. Eddie Guerrero, Cena, and RVD, and they beat Team Angle, which was uh, Kurt Angle, Luther Reigns, Mark Jindrak, Carlito, and uh, uh, Carlito's enforcer, Jesus. If you remember, and Stelt Jesus. Yeah. So he was uh, absolutely massive, massive mountain of a man that used to walk around. Well, yeah. So those are the only two that he's actually Eddie Guerrero's been in because I looked at Eddie Guerrero because he's he's one of my he's one of my favorite wrestlers as well. I really enjoyed watching him, but I just didn't remember seeing him in many Survivor Series. And yeah, same. So we've got two more. We've got this one from Phil nineteen eighty eight. His response was The Rock, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, Triple H, and Vader. Vader, yeah, Vader. Vader, Vader's a great shout. Mm. Yeah, Vader is. Yeah, Vader is a great shout. He's um. I, 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 he was a bit before my time, and I've not been back and watched too much of Vader. So I know I know of him, and I know kind of his style and his things like that. But I've never really been overly familiar with him, um, kind of overly familiar with him. So the the ones that Vader's been a part of, I think Survivor Series elimination matches, he's been a part of two. One was in 1996, um, and that was the one that ended in no contest. So that was actually when you had Diesel and Razor Ramon, but it wasn't Diesel. It wasn't Razor Ramon. It was Kane as Diesel, and I can't remember who it was that came out as Razor Ramon. But it was somebody else. It was after they just left them on WCW. But they had uh, Diesel, Farouk, Razor Ramon, and Vader. And then it was against Flash Funk, Jimmy Snooker, uh, Savio Vega, and Yokozuna. And that ended in a no contest. And that was uh, that's the one he's been in. And then the other one, it was Team Canada versus Team USA in 1997. And I don't know how the British Bulldog is part of Team Canada, but he was. <laughs> so you've got <laughs> you've got uh, Team Canada, which is the, the the British Bulldog, British Bulldog. Uh, Doug Furness, Jim Neidhart, Phil uh, Lafon, and they defeated Team USA, which was Goldust, Mark Merrow, Steve Blackman, and Vader. And they had Sable with them as well, because they had their Mark Merrow over there. Those are two that Vader's have been in. And then we've got this one from Dan RKO. And this is Goldberg, The Undertaker, Rey Mysterio, Shouting Benjamin, great shout, Randy Orton, and CM Punk. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think I want to just briefly mention Rey Mysterio there on that one. Because Rey Mysterio was on quite a few of the lists for me that I looked at as well. So Rey Mysterio is actually, where is he? Most, so he's actually, he's got nine eliminations. So he's actually, I think it's four. So you've got Randy Orton with most eliminations in, uh, sorry, his elimination matches with 16. Big Show second with 13. Shawn Michaels with 12. And then you've got Rey Mysterio with nine. Okay, um, yeah. So, yeah, so he's actually, he's actually quite up there. And I, I remember him distinctly being in quite a few because I think they use him in them with that underdog story in mind. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I never thought of Rey Mysterio. I would have picked him. Yeah. Thinking about it. He was on my list. But, you know, yeah. yeah, he was. He, he, yeah, he was on mine for a, he was on mine for a little bit. Let's just have a look through. Uh, so through what he's in. It's actually looking at this. It's actually been quite a few. So 2005, uh, 2005, he was part of Team SmackDown, who defeated Team Raw. Batista, Bobby Lashley, JBL, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio. That was his first Survivor Series elimination match. And then 2007, he uh, 2007, he defeated uh, Jeff Hardy, Kane, Rey Mysterio, and Triple H to defeat Big Daddy V, Finley. Mr. Kennedy, Kennedy, and uh, MVP with Umaga as well, and that was a four and five one. We won that in 2007, and then he was in the 2008. He won that one as well, so he's won three. He's won three there. Won four there. He's won four in uh, 2010 as part of Team Mysterio. Team Mysterio in 2010, Big Show, Chris Masters, Kofi Kingston, MVP, and Rey Mysterio is Team Del Rio. Um, and then yeah, he's got. Oh, he's got. Look at this. He's actually he's got five wins as well. He won in two, 2012 with Brodus Clay, Justin Gabriel, Sin Cara, and Tyson Kidd. That's a tough, uh, tough team to win God. with. That's, 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 almost <laughs> as, that's almost as bad as Kieran's team. <laughs> that's almost as bad as uh, Kieran's team. And then the only loss... Anyway, moving swiftly on. The only loss Mysterio has in the series. I'm looking forward to Survivor Series because it's the one... Well, one of the last kind of traditions that wrestling has... <laughs> Obviously, they've still got the WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, but there's so many like pay-per-views that have just are so good that they've just lost. Like, I don't think yeah. they're backlash anymore. No, I don't. No. Mean, uh, yeah, I think one of the big... Sorry, John, go on. Sorry. No, it's, I was agreeing with you. Um, they just give them ridiculous names now, don't they? Do you remember Great Balls of Fire? A couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I didn't know what that I think it's just kind entails. Of... The worst one is Roadblock. Roadblock yeah. is shocking. Fastlane, no. Fastlane's up there. Yeah. No, actually, no, a lie. The worst event I've ever seen is tables, ladders, and chairs. And stairs. And stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think the thought behind that was, I think, so, obviously, you've got, you've got uh, the Royal Rumble, you've got the Royal Rumble, and you've got Survivor Series, and those two uh, events are based around their own matches. So the Royal Rumble is based around the Royal Rumble match and Survivor mm. Series. Is always been based around a Survivor Series elimination match, and now, yeah, there's only ever been two Survivor Series when they've not had one, and they've got the rest, uh, and they've always had one. Whether it's been the first four years, every match was like that. And then I think these other pay per views that we're talking about. Do you remember they had Fatal Four Ways pay per view, Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell? They're all naming them after matches, and they're kind of trying mm. to make it. I think they're trying to boost these pay per views up to kind of be like Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, based around the <sighs> matches. In oh, everyone's been excited for the Rumble. Oh, everyone's been excited for the Hell in a Cell, but it's just kind of not working in the same yeah. way. Hell in a Cell I think Hell in a Cell never works because like if a Hell in a Cell match is on first on the card you know not too much is going to happen to the actual cage because they're going to use it the rest of the night you never see somebody going through the cage in the first match you know it's not going to happen they should do it one year where that happens and the cage is like totally wrecked and they still have a match or they try and have a match but they never do that no, yeah, I agree. Um, no, I think, I think what Kieran, yeah, I agree what you're saying, Kieran. It's one of the things where it's kind of the only, the only one of the only events that the kind of structure tradition from the very start, and they've not kind of tried to change around too much. Elimination Chamber was a good one. Yeah, um, but they yeah, stopped that was, as well. I think. Yeah, one last thing before we kind of wrap up. So uh, Team Raw is Keith Lee, 
AJ Styles, Shameless, Braun Strowman, and plus one more to, to join, probably probably come this week. And then Team SmackDown is Kevin Owens, Jay Uzo, Seth Rollins, King Corbett. I hate him. And one more. Um, Raw SmackDown, which one are you going with? I think I don't. Well, I think it's going to make a difference on who the add on. I think. I think, for example, if they add the Fiend onto Raws, I think it's going to be very. Di- I think Raw are more likely to win over SmackDown than if they had Drew McIntyre onto Raws. I could see SmackDown beating mm. Raw if they had Drew McIntyre. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <coughs> Maybe. <Sorry. laughs> That's right. I think looking at. I think yeah. looking at these, I'm probably going to go with. Do you know what I mean? Just SmackDown's team looks so kind of. I think the only way to describe it is mid-cardy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, well, even, even Cor- Corbin. Do you know what I mean? So on Raw, you have Shayna Blazer, Nia Jax, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and uh, Lana. <coughs> and Team SmackDown is uh, uh, Bianca, Ruby Riot, and there's three more to come. Yeah, it's but, kind of... You it's just one of those things, isn't it, really? You just don't know. And then, obviously, you've got... The other matches are all, they're all going to be good matches because the champion versus champions, which also, by the way, brings me back to another pay-per-view, Night of Champions. That was a really good pay-per-view. Mm. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed Night of Champions whenever every championship was on the line and they had champion versus champion. Even when, uh, that, but... I think it was the first one. Go on. Even I think it was the first, uh... one, the first one that they had, the first time they did champion versus champion, when they had, I think it was King Booker, Big Show, and I think it could have been JBL or something. It could have been, and they had the World Heavyweight, the WWE, and the ECW all was like the first one sort of thing, and that that was kind of good. But like I say, yeah, look at the card Kieran. Look at the card Kieran. It's just kind of mid card, isn't it? You can't really see where everything's going to happen. The only thing you can see happening is the Miz cashing in because there's no championships on the line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here. Um, but <laughs> I know it's halfway through, and I didn't I didn't tell Chris to put on one of our t-shirts but he's wearing one of our merchandise he's wearing our TTP t-shirts um, yeah I'm available yeah it's the least, the least <laughs> I can do to be honest if you're going to invite me onto the podcast the least I can do is put the shirt on that I bought from you so yeah stand up and, uh, and, and show us the back just I can't so, really uh, stand up because of the chair that I've got around but I can just kind of give you a twist and... there you go look at that what a great t-shirt <laughs> available think, uh... small to 5XL <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, oh, yeah, those, no. Five XL, those five XL for Keith Lee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I probably should wrap it up because otherwise we'll just chat for hours. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much for the invite. Uh, hope I've not uh, over over overstepped my bounds telling Kieran that his uh, Survivor Series team's awful. But hey, Kieran, if you the other thing you can always do is once you post uh, once you post the podcast, you can uh, you can post a, a vote on social media and you can list all three of our teams and vote who's got the best team. You want to do that? You can definitely. write down all three of our yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Everybody vote and see who thinks got the best team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and thank but you. Who's got the worst? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> okay, we'll get in touch. Uh, you can feel free to contact us via Facebook and we're on Instagram. Um, like I said, uh, any questions? YouTube. Any, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Now we've got our new YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Uh, so we've, we've just interviewed um, NXT superstar Sam Gradwell. Uh, which was a great interview. You need to check it out. It talks about Blackpool, talks about William Regal. It talks about uh, his trip to China and uh, Holland. It's yeah, it's a really good interview. Check it out on our YouTube channel. I'm sure John will put all our details and all our websites on the link when he posts this video. 
<laughs> How well? <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, so thank you for watching. Uh, subscribe and like our YouTube channel. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a, everything that a review. we can on these social media websites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, any last words, John? Uh, don't vote for Kieran. Well, I'm, I'm going for Team Raw. <laughs> hey? <laughs> You've always used that all the time, haven't you? Yeah. You reckon yeah. Team Raw? Yeah, I'm with Team Raw. It's the obvious one, isn't it? I want a surprise. So I'm going to say have, Smackdown. I do have my Smackdown phone finger. It's not blue. It's not red, so I can't really, uh, you know. Can't really use it. Yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what um, what it's like on Sunday and with the pay-per-view. Like I said, we'll post our results and stuff. Uh, yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Uh, it's been Appreciate a pleasure. It, thank you. Uh, thank you.